How is fear shaping our lives right now? We're going to talk about it today as we discuss love over fear, facing monsters, befriending enemies, and healing our polarized world. That's a book written by Dan White. And good morning, Dan. Good morning. Good yeah. to be with you. Yeah, thanks for joining us this morning. Sure appreciate that. So, Dan, when we look at that word fear, what do you think really makes that such a powerful and driving experience for people? Well, fear hijacks our brain. <laughs> it mm. is the power to um, cause us to think and see and feel only through self-preservation or security or protection. It's probably one of the most powerful emotions um, that our brain feels. And so when, when people appeal to fear or um, push fear on us, there's something about that that's addictive. And so it's really important for us to begin to name and discern and be awake to how fear is being used mm. against us and for us. Yeah. Dan, does fear um, affect how we see other people, too? Yeah, I mean, fear, first of all, um, can override um, our ability to, to choose wisdom and to choose love. But ultimately what it does is it creates a barrier and defense against us and other people. We start to see other people as enemies rather than friends. We see um, other tribes or groups as people that are opposed to us, as foes. Fear has this, um, this um, energy to create um, boundaries between us rather than seeing the possibility of bridges and um, friendship. And um, we don't often know this is happening to us um, when people are appealing to fear and we're feeling overridden by fear, but this is ultimately what happens. And Jesus was constantly trying to help his disciples through this issue of fear. That's why he asked them 30 times in the Gospels, why are you afraid? Mm -hmm. Because fear shuts down our ability to love other people. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to something you said just a minute ago, Dan, and I found it interesting, and that you said you was talking about fear being addictive. What do you mean by that? Well, there's two parts that to make fear addictive. First of all, literally, fear offers us serotonin. It's a, it's a chemical drug in mm-hmm. our brains, and so it, it, fear is addictive literally to our brains and to our emotions. But also, fear is addictive because it, it promises us that we can be safe from harm. Mm pushes us into a self-preserving state rather than a selfless love state. And so Mm. it's a bit of a lie, um, honestly, that we can control and prevent all harm from coming to us. Part of being human is realizing that despite our technology, despite um, the advancements in our society, um, we can't control harm from hurting us. We're not gods. Right. <laughs> There's only one God. Amen. There's only one God. And so that's really important to tune into the voice of love rather than the voice of fear. So give us some ideas on how we can tune into that love. How can we break that bond of addiction with fear mm-hmm. and tune into love? That's a great question. Um, I think the first thing to do is to identify that fear has a voice. It has a certain way of talking to us. And what fear tells us is we are in control. Love tells us that we need to be creative. And this is the difference in the voice of love Mm. and fear. Fear says you can control things. Love says let's be creative. 
Fear tells us to have tunnel vision and to only see one thing. Love tells us to see other people. Mm. You know, fear tells us there are enemies that want to hurt us. Love says there's no enemies, and God is calling us to, to love everyone. Fear tells us to set up defenses. Love tells us to build bridges. There has to be a way that we begin to identify um, the way that fear speaks to us and the way that love speaks to us. The Church has faced this in the past. In the history of Christianity, especially in the first three centuries, the Church faced multiple plagues that were killing off thousands of people a day. Mm. Um, And the Church was a unique presence in the first three centuries. It rose up while other people were abandoning the sick and hunkering down and and isolating, and um, it it was survival of the fittest. The Church rose up with compassion and care, mm-hmm. and cared more about love of neighbor rather than preserving um, themselves. And this is what has always been the mark witness of the Church through history, is that it rises up with a radical love rather than a reactive fear. Mm. Um, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Good words, Dan. You know, I was just thinking about those relationships that we might have in the workplace or yeah. in our neighborhoods, those, those ones that are the unlovables in our life. This might be just the opportunity mm-hmm. that God is giving us to really show them uh, the love and opening up the door to that. Uh, speak to that a little bit. Yeah, this is actually a powerful, powerful opportunity. This way of being in the world that God is caring for us and that God sees us and loves us can be really the food that we offer people rather than the food of headline news. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's what fear loves. Fear likes to scour and search for any any fodder to support why we should be afraid. And if Christians in their workplace can rather offer a different kind of food, a different kind of nourishment, a different kind of wisdom, um, this doesn't mean to tell people not to be afraid. <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, really insensitive to just tell someone, you shouldn't be afraid. Yeah. Um, what we should be offering them is a different um, vision mm. um, and a different affection and a different care, because I think people are really open um, and they're searching. Yeah, mm-hmm. Definitely. That's so good. Yeah, it is. And just the, the peace and calm that we can spread to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a, a simple reaching out and saying, we're in this with you, you're not alone, can be so yeah. powerful. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it is. So let's take that just one step further before we let you go here, Dan. Role play with me just a little bit here for a minute and to say that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm maybe that person that you meet wherever uh, you pick the place. And and I just say something like, and I just had this happen to me yesterday, as a matter of fact, say something like, you know, well, boy, I know it's interesting times we're living in. And uh, boy, this might be our last day. Who knows? You know, what Mm. do you say to somebody like that? You know? Yeah, I like to start with leading questions, um, Ken. I just had this um, question, this conversation over a cup of coffee, and someone was saying, oh, man, the, 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 the sky is falling. You know, the, mm-hmm. the world is, he said, the world is headed to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, That's what he said. right. You know, and, and instead of just saying, no, no, it's not, um, um, I think we should ask leading questions and say, why do you feel like the world is falling apart? Mm-hmm. You know, he shared, you know, all these st- statistics and so I asked another question. I said, "Do you think where do you think God is right now?" 
Mm. You know, that's yeah. just uh, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it just stopped him in his tracks. And he's like, I don't know where God is. <laughs> wow. Um, and I also asked, you know, what, what do you think it means to be human? You know, asking questions that are, are more meaningful, that, that excavate below the surface of what we're reading. This is what Jesus does throughout the entire Gospels. He asks <laughs> question after yeah. question yes. after question. Yes which pulls to the surface our deepest uh, our longings, our deepest um, hurts and fears. And so I, I just think Christians should start asking really, really deep questions, rather than getting into the war of uh, rhetoric versus rhetoric, or facts versus their facts, or our politician versus their politician. You know, you've probably had those experiences. It oh, just yeah. round yep. and round and round. We get nowhere with each other. Right. Um, I think we should practice compassionate curiosity, and that makes space for for God's Spirit to uh, to speak and to show up. Amen. You know, I think mm-hmm. Dan, if we would just really uh, have, I guess, just a, uh, I guess, an aura or sphere, if you will, of of, of certainty, because we have that hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that can make such a difference in the people that we're yeah. talking to, if we are not showing that we have fear, but we have confidence in our Lord, mm. uh, what a great difference yeah. that can make. Amen? Yes, I'm with you. Yeah, Amen. That's good. Well, Dan, it's been a pleasure to visit with you. Yes. Some great stuff here. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, I wish we had more time to talk because it's so encouraging. But love over fear, facing monsters, befriending enemies, and healing our polarized world is a great resource. And uh, we just so appreciate you being with us. Dan White is the author and our guest this morning. Thanks, Dan, brother. Thanks so much. It was an honor.